0: Well, good afternoon and welcome to Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Teams podcast. It's your go-to source for living, working, and playing on the Eastside. Today is Wednesday, May 17th, and we are live on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, Please feel free to comment if you have any questions on today's content. We're happy to respond live and in-person if you've got any questions, comments, or concerns. Uh, today, we are joined by our good friend, Tucker Maxwell of Guild Mortgage, and we are going to do a little crosstalk segment here, and actually, uh, from a logistical purpose, uh, so that I can actually talk to you rather than at the above me. I'm going to move things around here. Just This is uh, live editing, in-person uh, logistics. Boom. Okay, there we go. So now I can actually look at you rather than looking at that that video up there. All right. So we're going to talk – today's t- uh, topic is things that you need to know before moving to the Seattle area. Now, um, this is the Eastside podcast so we're talking a lot about the Eastside. But, you know, a lot of folks, um, when they first um, hear or consider – Or think about moving, it's always a conversation about moving to Seattle. And then it becomes like, where in Seattle? And I I love Seattle. I've been here since um, 2000, or excuse me, since 93. Tucker, how long have you been in the greater Seattle area? Uh, Since 2005. 2005. So, um, you know, there's a lot to, to a lot of places to explore. And so sometimes that search will start out like, moving to Seattle. So we're going to talk about moving to Seattle and some of the pros and cons of what you need to know. Um, So we'll kind of start out about the location. Like Seattle is kind of almost like the forgotten area. A lot of times people talk about LA, um, you know, on the West Coast. Well, we're also on the West Coast. And and other times people fly up to Alaska and they think, oh, that's the farthest, you know, West. Um, And really Seattle is kind of like this, like little spot, Located on the Puget Sound, uh, the Puget Sound is kind of like this intercoastal sea waterway, I guess it w- is called, and it's it's not on the ocean, but it is um, on a sound, which is a beautiful, fantastic scenery. Um, so, Tucker, for uh, did I leave anything out there? What else did people need to know about Seattle and where we're located?
1: Um, No, I think you, you nailed it. I think going back to your Alaska comment is that's really how Seattle got its big start was back in the gold rush when this was the last kind of stop before you headed up to Alaska to find gold.
0: Oh, that's a total good point. As a matter of fact, that's a lot of the supplies. Uh, that were delivered to the Yukon uh, passed through Seattle, up from San Francisco to Seattle, uh, yep. jumping off points. A lot of times when people came back with their their, um, their big hauls, they, they came to Seattle. Yeah, I yep. love that. We had to bring the history out, Dad. Good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it, it, we're not going to lie. Seattle is known for rainy weather. What would you say, Tucker, what, how, how rainy is it?
1: Yeah, so I think a lot of people picture when you say Seattle and rain, they picture torrential downpours like it does in the south, you know, where here it just rains buckets day in and day out. And that's really not true. I think the the real reality of the rain here is it's just a misty gray often. And so it's not a, a bunch of inches of rain, but just gray and misty most days.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Like uh, I've I've born and raised in the Northwest. So my first stop was in the Portland area before I moved to Seattle. So the temperament for n- not seeing the sun for months or weeks, um, it's already there ingrained in me. But, you know, SAD is a real thing, which is, uh, I, I can't remember what it, it's an acronym for depression related to lack of sunlight. So there's a lot of gray, you know, time. But the truth is, you know, gosh, uh, people are really uh, kind of come here. I I, have, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've had people come here because they're like, we're just sick of it being so hot and we just want to have it cool a little bit. And they just kind of love the cool and last, like of sun. And also, too, do you ever hike in the rain? Yeah, often. Yeah, me too. It's it's not a big deal, right? Because you got oh, yeah. trees and canopies and stuff like that. So um, the the bluest skies you've ever seen are in Seattle. That is a song, I think. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit. I wouldn't say this is a negative, but it can be portrayed in, as a negative. Tucker, um, one of the things about Seattle is the cost of living, right? It's actually higher than a lot of a lot of cities um, across the United States. Um, the, the, it, it may be a challenge for folks if they're not accustomed to it, especially in the housing market. Am I right? That's correct.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, um, but I, what I will say is what what um, Seattle. I want to say it probably probably changed in the early 90s uh, when the tech industry um, took its foothold from Microsoft and really started to create an industry where um, folks that sat inside and coded all day in the rain uh, could actually make money. So there is, of course, a lot of technology jobs, which is what is driving the cost of living. Um, do you see a lot of people with um, you know, a lot of tech sector in, in your loan applications?
1: Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I would say it makes up a majority of our applications are people that are employees of one of five or six tech companies.
0: Yeah. So so with all of those great salaries come a higher cost of living, uh, yep. everything from the groceries you buy to the utilities that you spend, um, you know. Um, but the good news is it's not just the tech sectors. What are some of the other industries that are prevalent here in the Seattle area? Yeah,
1: so I think you have you have a coffee sector. Uh, that's, that's one. Of course, Starbucks has is, is driven that. You have Boeing, so aerospace, not just in airplane manufacturing, but all the supply that comes with aerospace. And then I think we talked about this recently on one of your podcasts is the space boom and Redmond now really on the east side taking off as a, a space location with SpaceX um, and Blue Origin and a few other kind of you know outer exploration companies coming in
0: yeah engineers are going to find uh, something to do here for sure uh, between, between Boeing and uh, um, blue Origin uh, Blue Origins in Renton, right? Uh, down uh, right
1: yeah, I think technically Kent, but yeah on the south end of the east side
0: okay, cool. Um, let's see what else transportation so one of the great things about Seattle is they are uh, they have invested heavily over the last 20 years in a light rail system. So you've got a light rail system and then you've got connector transit all throughout the city. So you can get from the airport all the way, uh, all the way up to Northgate, which is North of downtown Seattle. And I don't know about you, Tucker, but I actually hop on the light rail and I head down to a a ball game. I don't even bother parking. Um, I just, I take the light rail down there and I know Bellevue is Bellevue opened up. I think, I think it's opening soon.
1: It's opening soon. I actually have a, a view of the, the east side um, rail, and they're testing the cars now, um, but it hasn't opened. I think there's some delays on the bridge.
0: Yeah, I should probably have done some research on that, but I do believe it's going to go, it, it is uh, planned to go all the way out to Redmond. Um, Right now, I believe it's to Overlake is supposed to be opening soon, which is actually still Redmond, but through downtown Bellevue across the uh, uh, Mercer Island. So uh, that's an island in the middle of Lake Washington. Um, So lots of transportation. Um, Yeah, there can be traffic. Uh, I think that as major cities go, um, this is a fact. When the economy is booming, there's always traffic. So it doesn't matter about the look the size of the city it's it's actually the economy so the signs of a healthy city are ones with traffic um well and there's maybe maybe gridlock but you know it's better people moving around than it is uh, you know no business no work right you gotta yeah. shut the place down um uh sports uh tucker do you watch any uh, major league sports
1: I do. Uh, season ticket holder with the Sounders, so go Sounders. Uh, you said the bluest skies are in Seattle. That's a Sounders chant. Uh, the greenest green and the bluest blue you've ever seen is right here in Seattle, and that's due to supporting our Sounders.
0: Yeah, and uh, Sounders have won how many MLS championships? Two?
1: They've won two, correct? Two. two. Yep. Ben and to then to three.
0: One two. Gotcha. And then uh, um, let's see, football. We've won a Super Bowl, the Seahawks. Great that's football right. team. Uh, we have a rugby, Major League Rugby team, which I'm a big fan um, of the rugby team. We have a hockey team that made it to the what, the quarterfinals. Yep. Um, did you watch any of those hockey games?
1: I did. Yeah, Game 7 was a little bit of a disappointment. But, man, hockey, I've I really gotten into it this year, you know, with uh, the Kraken being around for two years. And I'm just blown away with the skill level of those hockey players.
0: Yeah. And major league baseball. So we've got the Mariners who uh, made the playoffs for the first time in 21 years last year. So uh, and they've got a young upcoming ball club. So if you like sports, um, I'll also add the arts. Right. We have Paramount Theater. We have uh, Fifth Avenue Theater. We have um, I'm going to forget some. There's um, a couple in Seattle Center that are uh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, uh, But I mean, and then uh, music. I mean, the reason why I came to Seattle was the music scene. So um, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to think. The Paramount has great music. White River Amphitheater, that's out um, south of Auburn. South of Auburn. But uh, Columbia Gorge, which is a short drive, maybe two hours from the east side, two and a half maybe. Um, Some great music out there. Uh, I think – don't they do the Country Music Festival out there too? I, I don't really know. Cause I don't listen to a lot of country music, but
1: yeah. Um, I'm a blank on the name um,
0: stagecoach, something like that. I don't know.
1: Stagecoach is in California and oh. it is um, I'll draw a blank, but yeah, it, they call it heaven's amphitheater. I think it's on most music lovers bucket list to see a concert at the gorge.
0: Yes. I've been out there several times. I've seen Dave Matthews out there. Um, I've seen uh,
1: what was fish.
0: Oh, That was awesome. A lot of fun.
1: Yep. I saw Tom Petty play there.
0: Tom Petty. That would be good. So the music scene is great. I mean, Seattle is such a a great world-class city. It's known for, you know, it's, you know, a lot of people that haven't ever been there, all they really think and know about it is the rain. And I have to tell you, uh, it was about three weeks ago. um, I was in the Puget Sound with a friend of mine on his boat fishing and I'm not really a fisherman, but if you like fishing, this was a perfect day for it. And we are just cruising along and we look up and we've got Mount Baker, in the background, you know, a 10,000 foot peak. And then you've got this beautiful blue water there. And the sun was shining. um, And we pulled some fish out of the water and made fish tacos that night. And it it is a beautiful place to live, to be from, to visit. Um, Gosh, I feel like I left something out, but um, there's a lot of reasons uh, to like it. And I, I will say this too, from a standpoint of the infrastructure, and we talk a lot about housing and stuff like that, um, there's definitely a lot of diversity in where you can live in the greater Seattle area. Uh, Eastside is where we have spent our time because that's our focus. That's our niche. And, and everything that I talk about, the greater Puget Sound area is all available to somebody that's living on the east side. The best thing about living on the east side is you're quick to the mountains and you're still downtown Seattle. So um, yeah, I'll just wrap this segment up. Anything else you want to add, um, Tucker, about uh, living in the Seattle area?
1: Um, Well, relating it to real estate, I think the one thing that's really important for people to understand is you mentioned the high prices. Um, But the nice thing about the area is we are considered a high cost area from a loan perspective, which allows people to borrow more money with less down, which that's really unique when you look across the country. You know, most places are capped at loan amounts in the 700s. Here we can go to almost a million dollars with 5% down. And so while prices are high, we can still get people into homes with little out of pocket.
0: Well, um, that's awesome. And I I think to get some nuances in that, I think when you consider the appreciation on a $500,000 house versus a $750,000 house, while the percentage of the appreciation may be the same, the actual dollars in your pocket are different. So if you're putting 5% down on a $500,000 house, Quick math: five times five—that's twenty-five thousand. Is that right? Did I do that yeah. right? Okay. Versus five percent of seven hundred and fifty. Oh my gosh, I can't do that. Seven times five—it's thirty-five thousand, thirty-seven, eight thousand,
1: thirty-seven five
0: hundred. I was close. Yeah. So thirty-seven thousand. But but from a dollars to dollars st- standpoint, right? When you appreciate it five percent at seven hundred and fifty, right? That's another thirty-five thousand on the thirty-five thousand investment. But if you appreciate it five percent at the other one it's a 25 on 25 so you're you're investing more and you're actually earning more i i don't know if that's a straight line you know it's a quick easy example off the top of my head but maybe you can get the the idea is that um less money down yet you're able to earn more equity because you're earning at a higher rate um you're hurting earning at the same rate but a higher dollar amount. exactly that's what I meant to say. All right. Okay. So we are going to take a very short commercial break. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about loan level price adjustments and all the hype associated with that. So join us after this short commercial break.
2: You take your car to the shop to check under the hood, to make sure everything is working properly. You take your body to your doctor every six months for a checkup to ensure you're healthy. You get your teeth cleaned at the dentist often. (laughs) Okay. Well, maybe not often, but what are you doing to make sure your house is staying in tip top shape? At Key Inspection Services, we value quality, expertise, and education above all else. We inspect all types of homes of any size and age, whether you are buying or selling, or just wanting to learn more about your current home. Our services are designed to be a one-stop shop for all homeowner needs. We offer sewer scopes, air quality testing, mold testing, infrared scans, and more. Whether we are reaching new heights on a roof, traversing the trenches of a crawl space, or having a crappy day scoping your sewer, <laughs> no pun intended, we strive to give you the best service possible. As the number one home education and inspection company in the Puget Sound region, our goal is to ensure that you are more knowledgeable about your biggest asset at the end of the day. You can easily book online at www.keyinspectionservices.com or give us a call at 800-748-8766.
0: All right. Welcome back to the show. I am joined, well, joined. Tucker's been here the whole time because we did a crosstalk with Tucker, who is one of the top mortgage originators nationally. Um, and also here in the Pacific Northwest, um, he, he is with Guild Mortgage for the past six years. Welcome back to the show. Let's talk about these loan level price adjustments. What is all the hype about these things here?
1: Yeah, so Dan, a big kind of uh, media blitz has come through regarding the the lenders changing how we price different loans for different credit profiles. So that's really the the bulk of it is people's perception of are we going to charge somebody more or less based on their credit score down payment and those factors
0: okay so who who um, are these loan level price adjustments for they're for everybody okay yeah. and and uh, actually did we define them what are they where do they where do they show up on the balance sheet
1: yeah so um, interest rates are really a reflection of the risk that the borrower presents to the bank right it's a it's a, a risk analysis and how risky is it- is Dan for defaulting on the loan. So specific to you, we're using you as the example, you're the borrower. um, You present a risk level, so a credit score and what goes into that credit score. So on-time payments versus late payments, how leveraged are you? These types of factors, they tell us, or overall, they tell lenders, how likely is this person for a potential default? And then we charge appropriately for that risk that we're taking on by offering you a home loan.
0: Okay. Is that, is that amount disclosed to the borrower?
1: Uh, yeah, it can be. It depends on the transparency of the lender. But yeah, that, that is something that we can show a borrower. Typically, they're just going to see the resulting uh, points or the charge associated with any interest rate that they're going to select. Um, but yeah, a good lender will show you, again, using you as the example and say, hey, Dan, here's your interest rate options and here's what is built into that rate. And those loan level price adjustments are set or, um, and scheduled by the HFA, which is the organization that manages Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. They kind of pass it down and they say, here's the default risks. Here's what we're seeing in home loans across the board. And here's what you're allowed to charge certain credit profiles. And then we just pass it on through.
0: Okay. And so that I uh, can share with our uh, watchers or listeners is when they look at the line item, and it, and they and it comes up with the loan origination cost. Is it going to be in just that item, or is it going to be a sub-item?
1: Of it? it it depends on the disclosure, but yeah, it is in the origination form or points. Mm-hmm. Um, and the points is usually a subtotal of these adjustments. Okay. So there's usually a base fee and then some add-ons based on this credit profile.
0: Okay, cool. So essentially, as a borrower, when you uh, get a when you get your your official lock and rate sheet. You should be able to provide them with um, with with what that cost from you, the lender, is. And if they want to go more into specifics, you can help them with that. Absolutely. Yeah. All, right. cool. All right. So the purpose of the loan level price adjustments. I think we kind of talked about that. So does that? I think here's the bottom line. The big question, the big newsmaker was that that people with great credit are going to be helping people. You know, being being penalized, paying more. Uh, in or, in the, to the benefit of people with crummy credit.
1: Right, exactly. That, that really was the, the kind of the media uh, spin on it. Um, people with great credit profiles are still going to pay less than people with poor credit. So I think that's the first kind of myth that we should debunk is they're not going to pay more. Um, what they're doing is they're basically just not hammering the bad credit profiles as bad. And so the way it's looked at is like, if we're not going to charge those people as much, we must be charging these other people more, right? That's just how it was perceived. Um, But in reality, this is a move in in the HFA or HFFA or whatever the acronym is. um, They do this regularly. They're always adjusting these things. And the goal is to try to create homeownership opportunities. How do we tweak these things to help people from renting into home ownership and build wealth. And so that's what they're doing. They're just saying, Hey, there's been this, this market of people in the country that have been underserved. They haven't been given the same opportunity to buy because we are charging them more. How do we help them? How do we get them to be able to afford homes in the market that we just talked about, right? Homes are priced high. If we then charge them a, a crazy interest rate as well, they can't then compete against the better credit profile. So we're just trying to uh, kind of bring the market together and offer a more uh, level playing field for everybody.
0: Yeah. And I think this can kind of transition and and maybe we'll talk about this next week, Tucker, is down payment assistance programs. You know, these, these have administrative costs to them. They're actually down payment assistance where they're grants that money is put out for a down payment for somebody. And it doesn't take any, there's no, There's no actual payments on those down payment assistance programs. And contrary to what a lot of people may think is that even though Seattle has a high cost of living, there are down payment assistance programs that are actually helping buyers right now buy a home in the area. So let's talk a little bit about that next week. How's that sound? Yeah, I would love that. All right, cool. Well, Tucker, how do people get a hold of you?
1: I'm on all the major platforms. So LinkedIn, Facebook, Tucker Maxwell. You can also just Google Tucker Maxwell and Guild Mortgage and I'll come up. Awesome.
0: Very good. Thank you so much for coming on. Now I'm just going to close this out right here. I forgot the biggest reason for moving to the Seattle area. And that is my Huskies, right? Let's go That's dogs. Right. So great football team. Uh, the Cougars are way far away. So don't worry about them. They don't win anyways. Uh, Love you, Kaylin, to my daughter, who is a graduate of Washington State University. Anyhow, uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, for more content on you know, moving to the area, uh, reach out to uh, the Eastside Real Estate team. I'm Dan Edwards, managing broker of the team. This is Tucker Maxwell. Wait, right over there. Tucker Maxwell, we thank you guys for watching. Thanks, Dan.